children go now with our children's pastor Lisa amen she's right here at the back if you're new today and you have children they have their own service over here uh, to the to my left and uh, again glad for all of our visitors here today let's welcome them one more time amen praise the Lord I miss Joseph's visitor what's her name Lily, glad to have Lily too. Amen. Praise God. Well, we uh, we're in transition mode, and uh, it's uh, not only physically, but there's some lives here today. I believe that are in transition mode too. Amen. There's some lives. There's some things going on in people's lives that uh, I think this is a timely word, and it's uh, it's uh, it's something I believe the body of Christ needs, especially us as we are. Moving because sometimes when you're in transition mode, what does the enemy try to do? He tries to wiggle in there and start doing some stuff, you know, several different tactics that he, he can use on us. But I mean, you know, we are not ignorant. <laughs> Amen. Paul said that, right? I'm not ignorant of his devices and the things that he can do. So we, we here at the house, we give him no place. Amen. No advantage, no foothold, zero, nada. So, uh, as we go through this cross, crossover or this uh, transition time, the Lord, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we preached on Paul. And some, he was going through a transition time as he was being transferred to Rome to appeal his case before Caesar there. And we shared several points with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach that sermon for you in three minutes or less, okay, just to kind of get us up to speed on transition. How many say, well, last time it took you 40, Pastor, so what's... You should have waited <laughs> right till, till today. But I had about seven points. I'm going to hit a few of them. Number one, it's important to discern the times and the seasons of our lives. Amen? It's very important. Seasons are regulated by God. Amen? We go through different seasons in our life, and we spent some time there. Uh, we must, sometimes we have to reassess what's value, valuable. I'm sorry. Get my mouth working here. Yeah, Some things that we've relied on in the past season not going to work in the next season. But we all can get comfortable with things that we're holding on to, right? We'll, we'll try to carry some of that stuff into the next season, and it's not going to work there. Hallelujah. It, it's a new season in our lives, and it's a new season for our church even right now. Amen? God's, yeah, I was sharing with, I think, Pam and Terry, uh, and, and Corey and I have talked about this as well, that God has been building this church deep, and now I believe it's time for it to go wide. Amen? We've, we've raised up about eight or nine or ten young men and women that are filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, trained in uh, uh, warfare, <laughs> amen, ready to, uh, ready to go out, amen, and uh, set this world on fire. So now we're, we're going to see that. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that today, and I believe it firmly. I'm not just running the mouth here, okay? I believe that that's happening. So, again, we're going to have to learn to rely. Every season in our life, we have to learn to rely on God, don't we? We're going to find that out today as we go into, uh, here in just a minute, into another, uh, not, it's not story, but a biblical account of the children of Israel going in to possess the promised land. Is that a new, was that a new season? That was a new season for sure. We'll get to it. A couple more things. In, in Paul, we, we, we talked about him finding direction. Remember that? They were trying the same methods, you know, look, looking at the stars and everything else. And Paul uh, uh, stood up in the midst of them and, and gave a word of encouragement, right? He said, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna crash. We're gonna, this thing going to break up. But I heard from God tonight, and all 276 of us on this ship are going to be okay. We're going to be all right. So sometimes, again, finding direction, we know who the director is, don't we? It's God, and he wants to direct our lives we talked about hungering and thirsting after God, that we've never been this way before, uh, where sometimes, how many ever felt like you were in unchartered territory? Huh? Yeah, we've, we've been there, and some of us have even got the T-shirt, right? We have been there in uncharted territory, and that's kind of what it says in, uh, uh, in that story, that account there. We haven't been this way before. But I want to tell you something today. The same God that was with you back here in this season, he's still the same God over here in this season. Amen? He hasn't changed. Amen? 
He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can count on him when all else fails. Let me tell you, he's there with you in the fire. He's the fourth man, amen? Right in the fire with you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, enough of that. Let's get to the children of Israel. All right, y'all ready? We're going to go to Joshua chapter 3 and verse number 1. I'm going to pull off this coat and start preaching. Does that sound all right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Joshua chapter 3. We'll kind of sum up chapter 1 and 2. Moses has died, the great leader of Israel. Over 2 million people, perhaps, that was in their a journey from Egypt to the promised land and that generation of doubt and fear and unbelief had to die off before they could go in and possess the land are you, is there a lesson is there a penalty for doubt and fear and unbelief it will affect you amen so God said you're not going in there was only two that got to go in guess who it was Joshua and Caleb the two re- spies that brought back the good report right they got to go in but as we as we look in chapter one God is building Joshua up he said oh he said, I think he says it four times be of good courage I am with you uh, I'm gonna magnify you in the sight of these people I'm gonna help you and he said there will in fact he said this there will be no one able to stand against you Ooh, man is that a word there will be no one able to stand against you so he sends this time instead of sending 12 instead of sending a a committee hallelujah he just sent two and I want to think it was two that he kind of knew that had a good positive report amen he he sent them in and they spied out the land of course we know the story of Rahab Uh, she's only one of four women that are mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus but she was one of them Rahab the harlot are you with me I mean, no, your past doesn't define your future. She saw in these men and in the, the, the children of Israel that God was with them. And she wanted what they had in her family. The, we call it the red cord of redemption, right? Was hung out of her window. And they honored that when they came back to tear those Jericho walls. It's amazing. We sang that song, Walls, didn't we? And here we're, Jericho's just a couple chapters down the road here in this uh, account today. But anyway... Joshua chapter 3, let's read it. And we're going to read it now, and then as we go through it, I think it'll, it'll help you as we go through, kind of break this down. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So, I, so it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see... The ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it. Then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Ooh, go after it. Mm, I like that. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. We said something about that a while ago, didn't we? And here we go. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and cross over before the people. I want you to notice something here. We're gonna, as we go through here, we've already, we've already had one. Uh, in verse 1 it says cross over. In verse 6 it's going to say cross over. It's going to say it six times in this one chapter, cross over. Is that a word for, the, for this church today? Is it time to cross over? Hallelujah. It's time to cross over. Hallelujah. You might pull me down just a little bit back there. I get excited. Here we go. Then Joshua spoke to the priest saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, I will be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you'll stand still, or stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here, and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail. Everybody say, without fail. 
Drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and all the ites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over. There it is before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan will be cut off, the waters that came down from upstream, and they'll stand as a heap. Hmm. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priest who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water for the Jordan overflows all its banks during this whole time of harvest. And the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that behind Zaratan. So the waters that went down into the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people, everybody say it, crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Wow. Powerful text. Amen. Is this exciting? They finally, after 40 years of wandering, are getting to go in and possess the promised land. Now, some of you, you you've been just, uh, you know, doing this for a year or two, perhaps, wandering here and there and, and wondering and questioning and trying to figure things out. But, you know, 40 long years, a whole, as I said earlier, a whole generation had to die off. But here they are on the brink of the Jordan River. They've camped there and they're ready to go in and possess the land. I want us to look at some things today as we go through here. Number one, hallelujah. Things that we must do. Number one, follow the Lord. Man, if we could just get that one down, right? How many like to lead? <laughs> yeah. How many get out in front of God quite often. Let's be honest today. We've all, I think at some point in our life, man, we, we have been the ones, uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna, I, he's not moving fast enough, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my hands on this. Oh, okay, okay. Let's go around, let's go around the long route one more time, right? One more time. We're going around this mountain and, and then we finally turn the reins over to him. And oh my, the, the pressure, the, the strain, the everything. It, I've seen people that have, you know, kind of like today, laid some stuff down. And man, you can almost see the change on their countenance when they give it to God. And they begin to follow God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he tells them, he said, the ark, it's got to go first. And of course, we know the ark of the covenant was a symbol of God's presence, wasn't it? Inside that ark, there was some manna. There was the Ten Commandment tablets that God had given Moses. And there was Aaron's rod. That, that, you, we could do another whole sermon there. But they're, they're finally at this place. And God is saying to, unto them, we must do it this way. I'm going to go before. Now, before the ark had always just kind of been, quote, in the midst of the two million people. But things are changing now. God's going to go before. And not just a short ways, if you look up 2,000 cubits, that's about three-quarters of a mile in what we would call feet and yards. Are you with me? Three-fourths of a mile. I want, I want a, a little separation so you'll know which way to go. You won't be up here trying to, you know, push your way in and get closer and closer. Three-quarters of a mile is what I want. So they start lining, you know, they, they got it, right? We're going to follow the Lord. You'll know which way to go since you have never been this way before. I'm going to lead you. You follow, I lead. You follow, I lead, okay? Yeah, yeah, pretty simple, right? Amen. 
And yet, you know, again, back to what we talked about a while ago, we, we, we struggle with that sometimes. Hallelujah. We have got to learn to trust God, don't we? We have got to, you know, as this church, as we move from one place to another, and it's not only that, but just as a church body, whether we're in this building or, or whatever building, we have got to learn to follow God. There's a college in Asbury, Kentucky. Hallelujah. That's following God. Amen. No agenda. No big shots. No big names. Just people hungry for God. On their face before God. Crying out to God hour after hour after hour. Hallelujah. And it's actually going across the United States. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Some of us have prayed for this. We prayed and we prayed and we sought God. And it's happening now. Rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. I've seen some get on Facebook and condemn it. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Hallelujah. Just because it's not, you want to legalize it. You want to make it legalistic. What is wrong with you? Celebrate the fact that young men and women are on their face before God. I've seen them in other positions. Amen. Before a rock star and, and all the other stuff. I am happy, happy, happy. Amen. Jubilant. Praise God to see it going on. So he says, follow the Lord. You know, when, when God tells us to move as he did them, we have a choice to make. We can move forward and be blessed or we can stay where we are and remain and complain. Is it that simple? We can, it's a choice. You don't have to move when God says move. You can stay right where you're at, but again, not good. Not a good plan, Stan. Amen. Hallelujah. It's good to follow God. Always good. Every time. Every time, you know, in my life, I've had, I've had a few hiccups. You know, that's the reason we named this church House of Restoration. I've gone through a divorce. I know what it's like. Amen. The pain, the tear, the rejection, the hurts, the, the bitterness, all the, the stuff that it, it takes you. It took me about five or six years to get my life back to following the Lord instead of doing what David wanted to do. Amen. You know, it, it's very very important. Hey, that's a word for somebody today. Man, you, you, you've got to do it. You've got to follow God. Sell out to Him. Our response is so important. We say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll listen. I'll follow. I'll be obedient. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Without hesitation, without reservation, without question, without complaining, without second-guessing. If he says move, we go. Hallelujah. If he says jump, we say how high. If he says run, we say how far. Amen. Obedience. Better than sacrifice. Amen. Obedience to God. So one scripture here before we jump to the next one. 1 Peter 2, 21. I think I've got this in the message. I love this. This is the kind of life you've been invited into. The kind of life... Christ lived. He suffered everything that came his way so you would know that it could be done and also know how to do it. What? Step by step. Has God, has Jesus blazed the trail? He has. He was in all points tempted such as we are yet without sin. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become what? The righteousness of of God in Christ. Are you thankful? No other religion can say that about their master or their leader. Amen. Ours became flesh and literally lived among us and we beheld his glory. Amen. We touched him. We filled him. We didn't, but the disciples in the early church, they were there. They saw it with their own eyes and we accept it by faith. So that's the next point, actually. Number two, follow in faith. This is in verses 5 through 8. Uh, well, yeah, we'll go ahead and read a little bit. Stop. I love the word. Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant, went before the people, 
And the Lord spake or said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, I will be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you will stand in the Jordan. So there it is again. That's two times now you've heard that. So are you all getting that in your spirit? You got it? All right. The first thing he said was what? Consecrate yourselves. The original King James says sanctify yourselves. That's a Hebrew word, kadash. Hallow, prepare. Mmm, that's a word. Ooh, there's a word. Purify yourself. Is it important to be clean before God? Is it important, church, to be clean before our master? And I, and I, I wrote this down. We need to make ourselves compatible with God. Amen? He's washed us. He's cleansed us. When we came, whether we were 5 years old or 25 years old, he washed us and cleansed us. But how many know things can get in your heart? Things can get in your heart that you need to repent of. And actually, he was telling them this in the Old Testament. When you were unclean, it was usually outward uncleanness. It was for doing things like uh, eating certain foods, childbirth, disease, touching a dead person, things like that that made you, quote, unclean. It's a little bit different, thank God, to the, for the New Testament. But we can still become unclean, right? When we hold bitterness and unforgiveness and jealousy and strife and envyings and anger, all this stuff in our heart. And then we try to approach God. No, sanctify yourselves. Purify yourselves. And he will forgive you. Amen. He's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins. Cleanse us. So many people just hang on to stuff. You just lay it down. I think that's the theme today is lay it down and get ready to cross over. Amen. Put it behind you. Praise God. Get in his presence. It's important, church, to approach, to approach God with a pure heart. Amen? Hallelujah. Proverbs 4, 23, and this is one of my favorite, favorite scriptures. Guard your heart. Above what? All else. Is it important? It's above all else. Number one, uno, guard your heart. Can church people get a bad heart? Can it become calloused? Can it become ritualistic in worship? Can it become full of envies and jealousies and, amen, guard, that's a word, guard your heart. For out of it, it determines the course of your life. The King James says, I think something about the issues. Out of it flow the issues of life. Very important. It determines, there's a lot of people that have missed God's plans for their life because of a bad heart. They didn't consecrate themselves. They didn't purify themselves. They didn't prepare their heart for what God was wanting to do in their life. They were uh, choosing again to not follow. They were, I'm going to do it my way. So guard your heart. Amen? Praise God. God was about to, and he says it here, he's about to do Amazing things. <laughs> How many like amazing things? Woo! About to do some amazing things. But first, consecrate yourselves. Ooh, is that a word for, the, for America today? My goodness. We have shoved God out of everything just about that, that we can. Schools and businesses and on and on. And I want to... I won't spend a lot of time on that, but it's time to get back to God. It's time to get back to God. And this generation that's coming up may be the very ones that God's going to use to get us back there. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Isn't that you know, we've You know, the church has spoken over them. You know, they don't even know what truth is. They, reality, virtuality, all of this stuff. They, well, I mean, you know, when you fall on your face before God, he can do a whole lot in a short amount of time. Hallelujah. So quit judging them. Amen. Back to this again. But quit judging them and just rejoice. Amen. Praise God. He was getting them ready to step out in faith. So many Christians never experience the miraculous because their heart is not right. Amen. Their heart is not clean and pure before the Father. They have unconfessed sin. 
are holding on to all these things. So Joshua told the priest, take up the ark and walk out in the Jordan. God was, God was fixing to work through Joshua. And he was fixing to exalt him, the Bible says, above all Israel. But it's going to take a step of faith, isn't it? You know, when, whenever you do something for God, and I've said this many times, what do you have to do? God, God's here. He's ready to help you. You've talked to him about it, but what do you have to do? Take the step of faith. And it's scary. In fact, the picture, I mean, like that picture there. <laughs> That's, that's a rickety-looking bridge, isn't it? It's like, you know. I remember when he called Bev and I to start this church up on Main Street, 2005. We're like, you know. We took, you know, three, we had $3,000 saved up, and we went and rented this building and spent a month and a half, I think, getting it all fixed up to where it was halfway decent for people to be able to come and, and have church. But it was, it was a little bit scary at first. It was it was, we were definitely having to walk in faith. But there's a reason that's in your Bible, isn't it? Three or four times. It keeps accentuating it. The just shall live by faith. So we must follow God in faith. We must trust him. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want God leading us. It's still going to be a venture of faith over here, isn't it? Still going to be a venture of faith as we build our own place and we find land and we erect a building and we... Uh, on and on and on. It's, it's, it's faith. It's every, every day living in faith. We must follow him in faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the what? The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, it sounds to me like I need to start with Jesus. I need to end with Jesus. <laughs> Author and finisher. You know, in the, what is the old Greek? Alpha and Omega. Beginning and the end. Amen. All the way through my life journeys, I've got to stay close to God. I've got to follow him with everything I've got. Y'all getting this? Let your neighbor and say, I got it. Hallelujah. Number three, follow in obedience. One thing to have faith, but then you've got to, again, move the leg. Amen? It's one thing, oh, I got the faith, preacher, I got the faith. Well, exercise it. <laughs> Amen? Exercise it, praise God. Let's, let's start walking. So, verse 9 through 13, I'm not going to take time to read that again, but he says, that he starts that verse 9 with, come here and listen. Come here and listen. How many of you ever had to do that with your kids? How many's had to do that with your wife? I mean, your husbands. <laughs> Come here. Come here, and we're gonna listen. Are we are we bad at that in general? Talk, 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 talk. Listen, 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 listen. Amen. Did you know in the Bible when they talk about you know be slow to anger, slow to you know, yeah, slow to speak, quick to listen, something like that. I think it was James, maybe, or one of them that wrote that. Two different times it's, it says we need to listen more than we do talk. And I've always said it this way. God gave you one mouth and how many ears? Two. It'd be a good rule just to maybe listen twice as much <laughs> as we talk, wouldn't it? So he starts it by saying, come here, listen, listen, hallelujah. Somebody needs to hear this. It's time to listen. Amen? God's been trying to tell you something. Quit talk, talk, talking and listen to him. Hallelujah. He's standing there, Joshua is, as God's representative, but he wants them to know these are not my words. These are God's words. You know, when we stand up here, we stand as a representative of God. And I do not take it lightly. And we know the... Young men and women in our Bible class, we've talked about this several times. Amen. We do not take this sacred desk lightly. We better have a word from God when we stand here. Amen. We are his representatives here upon this earth. So we, 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 we better know that we know that we know that it's God speaking inside of us and through us. So he says, 
This is how you're going to know the living God is amongst you. All of those enemies that you've been facing, guess what? All the Jebusites, the Hivites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, all of them, they're going down. That's going to be a, that's a good sign, isn't it? All your enemies are going to vanquish and vanish before your very eyes. I'm going to take care of it. Did God do it? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. All the way. Hallelujah. You know, it, so when you're, when you're in the midst of transition, it's, it's good to get a word of confirmation, isn't it? He said, this is going to be the sign. You're going to watch it. It's going to happen. I am in your midst. I'm here to help you. Amen. God wants to help you. He's a good God. We sing the song, good, good father. You're a good, good father. He is. He is. Oh, you don't know, preacher. I've had some, some tough times, blah, blah, blah. Well, sometimes he's trying to teach you something. And sometimes you've been hard-headed and keep insisting on doing it your way. And again, uh, listen to him. Listen to him and follow him. Praise God in obedience. So to get the people to total, totally understand, I believe, the covenant that God had made with Abraham back in Genesis 12, I'm going to bless your seed, blah, blah, blah. You know, everything you touch is going to be blessed. He had them pick 12 men, one from each one of the tribe, did he not? That's kind of these verses that we read earlier. No tribe left out. And there even later, we, we find in chapter 4, you know, again, I don't know which, I'm about to get the cart before the horse here, but the walls, we know as we progress here in these verses, what happens it stands up, doesn't it? And the, that river, you know, remember Moses in the Red Sea? Well, this is not as wide as the Red Sea. The Jordan River was only about 100 feet wide, about 10 foot deep, even during flood season time. Everybody thinks sometimes, oh, my, it was a big old long, no, not the Jordan River. You're thinking about the Red Sea. That was a little wider uh, thing. To, but how many of you know whether it's, <laughs> if there's water running 10 feet deep here, whether it's, uh, 10 feet or 100 feet, you still got to get over it, don't you? You still got to cross over it. And so here they are on the brink of it. And God, of course, commands them in obedience. When the priests step down into the water, that water is going to stand still. It's going to start backing up. Well, it does. For 20 miles, plumb back to Adam, the town of Adam. I mean, it backs up, backs up, backs up. It's in flood season. You know, it wasn't a shallow little three-inch deep thing. And this is what gets me. Two different times, you know, the thing dries up, and then it says dry ground. Anybody catch that? Dry ground. It wasn't even muddy because the carts and the, the things pulling all the carts and the wagons could have got stuck, right? God just went ahead and go, <laughs> blow dryer, <laughs> dry this place up hallelujah so they can go up you know obedience back to this i'm hurrying is a big thing to god hallelujah we need to quit trying to do it our way you know i've 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 prayed hours upon hours these last few months to get god's direction as we transition i've checked out this that i think i told y'all 14 15 different buildings 14 different whatever and yet, God, you know, the moment I walked into this place down the, down the street here, I knew that this was it. And I was praying that it would happen. It had a lot of hoops to jump through before that became a reality. But uh, just so thankful. But I said, God, I, want, I, want, I don't want anything my way. I want it to be your way. I want to follow you as we transition. Is it important to follow God? Y'all getting this, aren't you? I can tell. Hallelujah. Lord, lead us. Your will be done. We follow you. Hallelujah. Because the decision that we make today will affect future generations. Amen? It will affect. And I do as an old man. Not that old. In my prime, right? Anyway, as an, as an older man, I'll put it that way. You know, I, I think about future generations a lot. Right? I think about it. Those of you that are older. Anybody older out there? I know there's a few of you. I may be about the oldest one here. No. Anyway, uh, anyway, uh, as, we, as we're getting older, you know, you think about that. 
the importance. I want that church wherever God plants us. Should he tarry? Right? I don't know how much longer we have down here, but should he tarry? I want your children and their children to have a place to worship God just like we do here today. Amen? A true church that preaches the full truths of God's word. It's important. Amen? I want revival for him. I want to wake him. Amen? Again, hallelujah. You know, Charles Finney said this. He was part of the the second great awakening. Now, America has had several different awakenings over the year. I forget the gentleman that was the first awakening back in the 1700s, but Charles Finney was a big part of the second awakening in the 1800s. He was the man that preached his heart out. He was a businessman, but he preached. God anointed him, used him. He was one of the first preachers to, to, to have an altar call. Is that important? Very important, you know. Here you get up here and preach, and then just say, "Well, hey, y'all have a nice day now, okay?" What you talking about? You know, he started altar calls, and God, be they'd run up and give their heart and life to Jesus Christ. I know in the 19th, you know, 1900s, Azusa Street, Kansas, another great awakening, and now here we are, 2023, and what's happening? Another awakening, sweeping across the land. Hallelujah. Do it. Somebody say it. Do it again. Hallelujah. Do it again. Do it again. Hallelujah. Whoa, do it again. Praise God. Do it right here. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But he said this, Charles Finney, back to him. Revival is nothing more or less than a new obedience to God. Do we need that? How many of you were ever on fire? On fire for God. You know, I first got saved, man, they, the, the pastor's wife said, man, you look like a light bulb. And I was like, you're just a glow with the Holy Spirit all over you. I had lain on the floor of that old country church in Hollis, Oklahoma for hours. And the touch of God came down in that little old country church, and I poured my heart out. I gave my life. I said, God, I'm giving my life to you. For the rest of my life, I dedicate, I consecrate my life to you. I want you more in my life than anything else. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's what it's going to take. Amen? Some sacrifice. Some obedience. Last point here today. Well, let me read one scripture. Romans 6, 16, to verify this point about that we're just making here. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Who makes the choice? I do. You see, God could have made us robots. He made you. He could, have, he could do whatever he wanted to. He's the creator, right? He could have made you, but he, he wanted you to have the choice to love him and to know him and to choose him. Amen? He wants that for your life. And uh, again, across this building, there's some of us that have chosen him at different times in our life. But the main thing is we've made that choice. It was an act of faith. Lastly today, expect the miraculous. What happens when God's people step out in faith and obedience? Well, let's see. And I've already gave the story away. The water, what? Stood up. They walked across on dry Dry, dry ground. Hallelujah. Can miracles still happen today? Hold your hand up if you believe miracles can still happen today. Hold your hand up if you've seen a miracle in your lifetime. Keep your hand up if you want a miracle. Hallelujah. Amen. There's some of us here today needing miracles in different situations in our life. I want us to stand up today right now. I'm done. Now, there's some more stuff here, but Right now, we're just going to close this out in his presence. Lord God, I thank you for your presence here today. That you are a miracle-working God. Lord, you said in Mark chapter 16, and verse 17 and 18, that you will still do signs and wonders. You'll still be able to perform miracles 
We'll be able to cast out demons in your name. We'll be able to lay our hands on the sick. And they will recover. Lord, that's the generation I believe that you're raising up. That they go to you quickly for needs in their lives. And they're the ones that they love, Lord, instead of trying everything else. I believe it's going to be a faith-filled generation that runs back to you in obedience. And they're going to see the miraculous. You haven't changed. You have not changed, God. Hallelujah. Lord, in this church right here, we've seen two people brought back to life, already dead, just about. You brought them back. One of them was already gone. You brought them back. Lord, thank you. I praise you, God. They're still alive today, some five, six, seven years later. Lord, when the doctors had given the report, said they don't have much time left oh but God but God well there's so many testimonies of miracles not only of healings but financial miracles marriages restored on and on it's transition time Lord it's time to cross over into the goodness of God into the promised land and quit staying back over here living beneath and below and behind you we must make that choice today if you're here today and everybody's still with your heads bowed but you want you just hold your hand up and say I want to cross over I want to cross over I want to cross over into what God has for me in my life hallelujah hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Lord the promised land awaits it's a beautiful it's a beautiful place place that God has prepared, amen, for those that love Him. It's a picture of heaven, amen. This, this, this life is not the final, uh, the final life, amen. We have eternal, everlasting life through Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for the hope that we have in you. Hallelujah. We have people here ready to cross over. God, and I just pray in these closing moments. Unveil their eyes. Let them hear your voice, Lord, as we get into an atmosphere of worship again. And Lord, I just say, he that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to you right now. He's speaking to some of you, and do not allow anything to distract you in these last few moments here today. Some of you, God's wanting to heal. Some of you, God's wanting to restore. Some of you, God's wanting you to leave behind some things in your life that's been bogging you down and holding you back. If that's you, just make your way up here today again. Just make your way up here. We want to pray. If you need a miracle in your life, it may be your finances, it may be relationships, it may be business, it may be several different things, but you need a miracle in your life right now. And you... By walking up here today, you're saying, I believe God is going to perform a miracle in this situation. Amen? Anyone. Anyone. Come on up. Yes. Come on up. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would some of my prayer team just come and stand behind these today and pray with them as Sheila sings.
We're going to close out in prayer before we leave this place. But I just want to give you a quick word that's on my heart from the Lord. This is for somebody. This is for everybody here. This is crossover season. And many of you are, are, are all facing your own trials and your own tribulations. I know that in my spirit. It's just going around. <laughs> is it not? And Pastor talked about the two crossings already. He touched on the Red Sea and the Jordan. I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to keep you, but these are two baptisms. The Red Sea didn't really take a whole lot of faith. They had just seen God moving miraculously, and he did all the miracles in Egypt. He did. He parted the Red Sea for crying out loud. All they had to do is walk across on dry land. But the Jordan's a little bit different. The Jordan's a little bit different. The Bible says that when the priests carry in the presence of God, they stepped in. This is, like Pastor said, this is the flood season. It's, it's going to be more difficult. That's why the Bible says you haven't been this way before. This isn't like something that you've always faced in the past. This is a little bit different. And the Bible says that the, the, the priests are carrying that ark and they, their feet are getting wet. See, that didn't, happen in the, that didn't happen in the Red Sea crossing. No, their feet are getting wet. And I guarantee you the devil's saying, see here, <laughs> it ain't working. It's going to take a new level of faith. It's going to take a new level of faith. But the good news is there's an endless supply if you just choose to take a hold of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So turn to your name and say, I'm choosing to take it. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this service. We thank you for every person that came forward, those who are still in their seats, Lord, and those all in this sanctuary. We thank you for every soul you've brought through these doors. We believe with all our hearts no one is going to leave here the same way that we came in. And we believe, Father God, that this is a transitional crossover season. And we thank you that all the gifts that we need, everything that pertains to life and godliness, you've already provided. And so, Father, we just step up to a new level of faith. We honor you with obedience today. And we step forward and we move forward as our feet are getting wet. And we move forward in faith. And we fully expect to see every challenge conquered because we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Shout to him, church. Shout to him. Let's give him a shout of praise as we go out the doors. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy. He alone is worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.